This is the Pick of the Bunch by Basic Bananas, where we share the pick of the bunch when it comes to marketing, business, and people. Hi, and welcome back. Thank you so much for joining me today as I am talking with our elite coach, Kevin Bees. And in today's part one episode, we're going to talk about the five stages of the entrepreneurial journey. Also, understanding the success cycle so that you can get the results that you deserve and also the law of diminishing intent. So let's dive straight in. So today I've got Kevin Bees joining me and I'm super excited about this one because I've known Kevin for years and he's also been one of our mentors for our members here at Basic Bananas for many years. And every time I speak to Kevin and I haven't spoken to him in way too long, I learn something new or there's something that he will say or a question that he will ask that will make me think sometimes for days. <laughs> and it's, it's just, I think he's got this ability to see into people in a really interesting way. And you know, what's even more interesting is that he has this ability and you would think that this doesn't really go with his background. His background is actually, he was a trained management accountant and worked for, worked for some of the you know, largest companies. He worked for Qantas business and different companies around the world. And today I thought I will have him back because we are still sort of at the beginning-ish of the year, definitely at the beginning of a new decade. And we wanted to talk or share with Kevin a little bit about how to kick big goals. So Kevin still mentors many of our VIP members here at Basic Bananas, and I'm super excited to learn from him today. Thank you so much, Kevin, for joining me today. Entirely my pleasure. I've been very much looking forward to it. So, so this is a very big topic. How do we kick big goals? Where do we start? <laughs> That's a really great question, and, uh, and thank you for such a wonderful introduction. Before we even jump into that, I just kind of want to talk very briefly about um, where, where people are in the stage of their business. I know that we have people on the call who are in very different stages, and I guess you mentioned that the work that I do with the VIP members, I'm effectively helping to move people through five stages you know, in their business. One, people when they start their business, they're in this uh, place of creation where they're trying to um, research, trying to create a model, trying to make sure they've got a value proposition that they can launch into the marketplace. Well, once we get that product launched into the marketplace, we really need to help them then through this next phase of business, which is disorder. So trying to, um, you know, from all their time, their energy, the investment that they've made, trying to make sure the business grows and really get some traction in the marketplace. And usually at this place, this is the place that can be the most dangerous for, for business owners because can very much be a lot of cash flow has gone out and they're trying to recoup and make sure that the business sticks and it works and it is a, a viable proposition in the marketplace. Once we get them to that place of disorder, we really want to work with them. Well, how do we now put some controls in place on the business? You know, how do we put some systems, some processes? How do we help them put some organizational pieces in place? And as you said, uh, to my background management accounting, that's a bit where I get excited about because then I can help at that stage, get some key performance indicators in place, start measuring and, and managing what's, what's happening in the business. And then we can start tweaking and changing things to make sure that we're, uh, we're getting the best results. Once people come out of that area of control, they can come into this place then of what we call prosperity. Now, that's where we get to really optimize. We, we can make sure we're making the right investments in the business, make sure if there's any debts remaining in the business, we repay those. And then uh, once we come through this, this space of prosperity, 
we get to this place of freedom, which is probably a place that I think, um, Francisca, you, yourself and Crystal, I think you model this one real well. You're in a place now where you have the time freedom because you put a leadership team in place. You have the ability to go and drive your motorbike around the world or surf wherever you want or go and travel. Um, and you're now in a place where you're beginning to think about, you know, how do I uh, reproduce this? How do I, you know, get this out to a wider audience? So now we've mastered Sydney and then we mastered Australia and now we're going to the US and Canada and you know, wherever, whichever other country, how do you actually then uh, multiply? Your brain and your thinking is more on that strategic aspect. So um, it was a bit of a long-winded answer to your question, but if we're going to start thinking about our goals and kicking big goals, we probably want to have a think about, well, where, where are you at in this in this stage, where are you in these five levels? Are you at creation, disorder, control, prosperity, or freedom? And uh, here's a question for you. Where do you want to be? Like, what is your objective with this business? Uh, I, it's so important that we start with the end in mind. So you know, where, if you started this business now, where do you want it to be? Do you want to get to a place where you have that freedom and you can do the amazing things that Crystal and Francisca do? Or do you actually have another objective for your business? Yeah, I, I like that's a, a great place to start. It's sort of, you know, it, and in, maybe we should give some examples of what would be some examples of where, so the, the question is, where would you like to end up? It's sort of almost asking yourself, what is your exit strategy, if any? You know, is your exit strategy, you're building this and you're hustling hard for three years or five years to then sell the business? Or are you doing this so that you just have a, a cruisy business on the side not on the side but you have a cruisy business and you get to to live the way that you want and take time off whenever you want or are you doing this so that you can pass it on to the next generation so that's sort of what we're looking for here is that correct really, really great examples really great examples and since we have the brilliance of francisca here and i'm going to speak to you, let's just use you as an example francisca i mean when you started your business when you started basic bananas and the multiple other businesses that you've created like, did you have a clear vision in mind? Did you know what you wanted to accomplish with each of those? Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? And each of them has a completely different vision. So, so for Basic Bananas, it was obviously the vision was always to impact as many business owners as we can. And I always, because Basic Bananas is so much fun, you know, like I obviously, I, as, you, as you know, and, and people know, I do travel a lot, but I also, everyone who is close to me, they know how much I work. And, and in the beginning, when people only know me a little bit, they're like, well, why do you always work? And then when they get to know me, they're like, this is not even work for you, is it? I'm like, no, I just love it. I just love it. So I do work. I work on the weekends and I work in the evenings, not because I have to, but because I want to. And I want to keep creating stuff for business owners and, and helping people. So for basic bananas, the, the vision was always to impact as many people as we possibly can. And then personally, what's the exit strategy is that I just want to be involved in this business for as long as I possibly can. For a different business like Ocean Lovers, the focus is on building this with the exit of the purpose of the business is to then sell to a larger organization that can take it to an even larger scale. So a, a different exit strategy to Basic Bananas. There you go. I, I love that. So one entrepreneur, but actually has different visions for the different businesses that uh, you're going into. And so if we think about these five stages, I guess the key question for you is where are you at and, and where do you want to be? Having that clarity, that vision of where you want to be. It's only once you have that vision of where you're going, then we can begin to put some steps and some strategies in place to get you there. Um, but if you have no clarity of where you want to be, then it's really difficult to actually get that direction and start moving in the way that we want to. So I think that's step one, having that clear visualization. I had the privilege of speaking with Christo about this earlier in the week and 
we tapped into um, his initial goal, which was, you know, he knew from, I think probably from the age of 10 that he wants to be a professional surfer. And we spoke about the detail of his vision. Like he had this vision that he was, not only was he going to be a professional surfer, but he already had a vision of which competitions he was going to win, who was going to sponsor him, even had visions of how he was going to ride the waves. And so the more detail, the more specific you can get about this vision of what you want to create in your business or in your life, the better. And the more you um, see that vision, the more you mentally it and get that picture, the more powerful it can be to, to pull you towards it. Um, they, the studies say, or I can try, I'm trying to think where I got this from, Maxwell Maltz, I think they say the brain doesn't know the difference between something that's real and something that's vividly imagined. So the more you can see this vision that you want to create for your business and the more detail you've got, the more you're going to be pulled towards it or the more you're going to notice things in your environment that show up that can help you along your way to get you there. So Yeah, I love it. So vision. start with a very clear vision and, and be really specific about it. And then? And then. Hey, and so I, I want to take a slight detour on this because part of this, having that clear vision is hopefully going to be enough to get you into action to get you taking taking the the steps you need to take to to move forwards now when you have a clear action when you take an action you get some kind of result and when you get a result it shifts or changes your level of belief in yourself and when you shift or change your level of belief in yourself it then changes your level of potential that you see for yourself and of course, that then gives you more motivation to take more action. So this is what we call the success cycle. So if you're taking that action, you're getting a result, you're getting more belief, you're feeling more potential. There's a positive spiral. It goes onwards and upwards. And of course, the same is true in reverse, because if for whatever reason, and I notice this happens all the time with entrepreneurs and business owners, is we can get knocked off a track. It's something someone says something about the business not going to work or something fails in the marketplace or didn't work the way that we wanted. It can be so easy to knock us off track and then we stop taking the action that we want or we kind of ease off the accelerator. And of course, then the, the opposite is true. We take less action and we get less results and we have less belief in ourselves, and then we feel like we have less potential and then we take less action and it's a downward cycle. So what's really important about this is that, you know, what I want to talk about in the remainder of the time that we have is, well, there's two pieces in there. How do we, once we have this vision, how do we keep taking action no matter what happens to us? And what do we need to do or shift or change in our beliefs to actually keep our, our, our head in the game and keep us moving forwards? And so the first thing about that then is once we have that visualization, the second piece is just chunking. How do we get a clear chunk? Right? Because if we've just said, hey, my vision is in 10 years time to build a team of a thousand people and we're going to be doing you know, 10 million a year, whatever it is, it may seem like a really big number. It may seem too far away. Okay, so we've got to break it down. How do we take that bigger vision, which may be for 5, 10, 15, 20 years, and break it down into some smaller components, maybe three to five years, maybe one year. If we can get, get well, what needs to happen in this year, we can then even break that down into quarters and into, into weeks. So we have a really clear understanding then of, well, what do I need to start doing now? What are the things that I can start taking action on right now that will move me towards it? Now, if we keep hitting those weekly targets, targets, and then quarterly targets, kind of the yearly and you know, the five years, 10 years are, are going to help take care of the bigger vision. So number one, I, I think after we have that vision is let's get clear. What is the bite-sized piece that we can work on right away? Yeah, I love that strategy. And that's something that we obviously teach a lot here is the quarterly planning too, because often people go from big vision into maybe three-year plans and then one-year plans and that's it. One thing that we always tell people, and you're so much on board with that too, is do a quarterly planning session. So I have a quarterly strategic plan 
where every quarter you sit down, if you have a team with your team or if not, just with yourself and set your goals for the next 90 days. And then you do that also monthly, but definitely quarterly because it almost feels like you have four years in one when you make really good quarterly plans because most people don't do it, but it's, it's like a mini year. You know, in 90 days, you can actually achieve quite a lot. It's a small enough period of time that our brain can, can comprehend what needs to happen and we can take action. It can almost feel like a bit of a sprint to get towards it. Exactly. And so you're right. And, and if you, for whatever reason, you set that 90-day goal and you don't quite accomplish everything, well, at least you now on the next 90-day plan, you can plan for that, adjust for that. Whereas if you don't review things for 12 months and you miss it after 12 months, well, uh, you just wasted kind of four quarters there, right? So I, I think having that chunk, um, like quarterly chunk and managing to that is a super powerful piece. Now you said something really powerful there, which was about if you have a team set there with your team, it's so important that the team are aligned, not only with that quarterly goal or that monthly goal or the tasks that they have to accomplish, but they're also aligned with that vision. They understand what is the bigger vision of the organization? What are we trying to accomplish or trying to create? Um, have them aligned to that 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 becomes important now let's i want to go even one step deeper on this as well because one of the things i hear come up frequently from uh, the business owners entrepreneurs i work with is procrastination can come in the way or overwhelm can come in the way now i think overwhelm often can be fixed if we if we get the right we find the thing that's small enough and start on it but this procrastination piece i kind of want to help you knock it on the head once and for all um, there's this great book uh, by a guy called Sean Accor, and the book is called The Happiness Advantage. And uh, I love that book. Yeah. It's a really fantastic book. And there's, there's one thing in particular I want to share with you from this that has been super valuable for myself and my clients. And it's this idea of activation energy. Like he kind of points out in there that if we want to get started on something, we want to, you know, we take one of these small chunks that we've got and we want to get started. And for whatever reason, we're not getting started. It's often because we're making it too difficult. Like it, we're not making it easy to just get going. And so he used this great example of um, the gym. I, this is something that many people can relate to in that he said he wanted to get up in the morning to go to the gym, but every morning he would just he would procrastinate, hit the snooze, hit the snooze, and then it just wouldn't go. So he realized, you know, because what he was doing, he was thinking like, oh, I've got to wake up. I've got to get my gym gear. I've got to get my towel. I've got to get my you know, drink. I've got to get my iron shirt. Too hard. It was longer than 20 seconds to get activated and get going. So what he, what he realized was he had to get prepared the night before. So he made sure when he woke up in the morning, his bag was there, his bottle was there, his shirt was there. He slept in his gym gear. So when the alarm clock went off, he could jump out of bed. His gym gear was on. All he had to do was put his shoes on that were there. And of course, it was by the front door before his brain kicked in and said, I'll go back to bed. But now he's already off and moving. Like, it's going to happen. So we've got to make things as easy as possible to, to start. So the question I have for you is, how can you get yourself ready to just make things easy to execute and, and easy to start? Do you need to have things planned and set out in front of you the night before? Do you need to know exactly what's coming up the next day? What do you need to do to make it super easy to, uh, to start? Um, he goes the other way on this as well. So I call that activation energy. Uh, he also says the opposite of that is if you want to stop doing something, how do you make it difficult to start? So he said one of the things that was interrupting him getting what, getting done what he wanted in his life was was getting home and flicking on the television. And so once he did that, that was a night gone. He wouldn't do any of the study or the reading that he wanted to do. So what he did was he took his batteries out of his remote control, put them in the other room, okay? So when he got home that night and he went to press the buttons to turn the TV on, well, it didn't work. And then he remembered, oh, the controls, uh, the batteries are in the other room. 
further than 20 seconds away, but Tommy got there, got back too hard. So he put the controls down and he could pick up his reading and his study. So question is, how can you set up your environment so it's easy to get started on things you really want to accomplish? And how can you remove those distractions that are going to take you away from what you want to accomplish? Yeah, I love those examples too. And one of my friends, Anita Chaperon, actually, she has been on the, on the show. She talks a lot about habits and how to get started and how to change some habits. And, you know, like what you mentioned before is like leaving clues. When you, if you want to go to the gym, you go to bed with the, with the gym clothes, for example. Or like for me, one thing that one of my habits is to play every day. I want to play at least 10 minutes of music. So sometimes I get home and I'm, you know, it's late and I'm tired. I'm like, oh, yeah, I really just can't be bothered right now. So what I do often in the morning is I put the guitar on the bed. So when I, when I come home and I'm ready to crawl into bed, I'm like, ah, oh, dang it. You know, like I was gonna, about to pass out, but I kind of have a guitar in my bed. So maybe I should just play it for 10 minutes. And then it's like a habit again. It's like making it easy to play the instrument. So it's the same with any habit in business too. Is you don't want to, maybe you don't want to check your emails every two seconds. What can you do to not do that? Maybe turn off all notifications or have an alarm clock. So, you know, for the next 30 minutes, you're not going to check anything, whatever, however it works for, for you, I guess. Love that. Really great example. And do you find once you pick the guitar up, do you end up only doing 10 minutes or do you end up spending longer? It depends how tired I am. Often it is just 10 minutes. I'm like, okay, done. 10 minutes, I'm going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> That's, great. That's great. Of course, sometimes it's longer if, if it's not late, but it definitely, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes it is really is just 10 minutes. Oh, hey, I, I think that's super awesome. Now, the other piece in that is uh, you're finishing your day quite strong. You've set that intention that you were going to do 10 minutes every day, no matter what. And so you then go to bed feeling the integrity that you've done that. And that really leads into the next, the next mindset principle that I wanted to share with you or the next action principle I want to share with you. And that's always finish strong. How can you finish the task or the activity or the day really strong? This, this idea for me initially came up, um, I think I was reading or heard uh, about Johnny Wilkinson. He is the English uh, rugby guy. He kicks, he's super at kicking. And he would never leave the training until he kicked 10 goals in a row. And he wasn't just aiming like at the goalpost, he was aiming at a section in the stadium behind the goalpost. And he had to get that precise 10 times in a row before he'd leave. Now, I think there's a real power in that because he then leaves the training psychologically feeling strong because he's set this goal and he's accomplished it. Now, how can we do that? How can we bring That's that very cool. business? How do we think? That's very cool, I like that. Um, basic bananas, you do this really well uh, already at the end of every session. I know the key thing is we would go around the room and check with everyone. Out of this session, we've just done so many things, covered so much great stuff. What's the one thing that you take away from today that's you know, going to make the biggest difference in your business? And you go around the room and everyone gets that in their head. Now, of course, they leave the event with that in their head because they're, they're finishing strong. They're remembering the most important thing from the day for them. Um, so if you do one-on-one -on -one sessions, maybe you're a coach or something, ask at the end of your call, hey, what was the most valuable thing you got out of the call today? Um, now that's, that's how you can use it with your clients, but how about with yourself when you come to the end of the day, what if you actually just, you know, you have a journal or something and you note in it, you know, no matter what's happened in the day, like, Hey, what were your wins that day? How, how did you progress today? How do you move things forward? Now this psychologically has a major impact because if you go into bed thinking about the four or five key things that you accomplished that day, your brain is then already in a great state. Like, hey, I've done that. It's helping to build you this steam and this muscle that you're getting things done. Um, I know as business owners, we always have this long list. We can always focus on the stuff that didn't work out or hasn't gone right yet or how much more we have still to do. But if you can go ahead and focus on what your wins were, is setting up a good psychological feeling for yourself to want to go back and do more again the next day.
Yeah, absolutely. And you can even do this with your families. You know, often I, what I do in the nights when I have dinner with friends or family, I, we always go around the table and we always say, hey, what's a highlight? What's a highlight from today? What's one thing that you, that you, that you did that you're very proud of? And I'm trying one more thing now. I take it one more step further. And I've, I've heard, I, I believe it was Sarah Blakey, Blakely, who is the founder of Spanx, an amazing businesswoman and in the US. And I'm pretty sure I heard it from her where she said, they would always, her dad would always ask her, what did you fail at? And so I always ask my friends, and of course, my turn too, is what did you fail at today and what did you learn from that? And it's really just to, to make failing not a bad thing, to make failing okay, because the more that we fail, the more that we learn. So, so you can do those too, often also with friends or at a dinner table with your family or whoever you, know, you hang out with. I absolutely love that. That's the saying, isn't it? Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Learn, learn, <laughs> learn. <laughs> sometimes you learn. Uh, and so if you're doing that, that's great. That really, um, it reminds me of a study that they did uh, as well. They, um, they were giving out, they, they got groups of four to five people together and they gave them a packet of uncooked spaghetti, some sticky tape and a marshmallow. Oh, yes. They gave a time limit and they gave them the task to say, hey, how long it was, five minutes, 10 minutes, I'm not sure. But the task was to build the tallest structure capable of supporting the weight of the marshmallow. And they did this. They had top CEOs, top CFOs, engineers. They had um, top business school graduates. They had teachers. They had kindergartners. And what really surprised them was the people who were able to build the tallest structure wasn't all of these business experts. It was actually the kindergartners. And why? Why were these young kids able to build a structure better than all of these qualified business people? Is because when they studied them, they realized they built a structure and it fell over. They built it, it fell over. They built it, it fell over. So by the end of the time limit, they made more failures than the business people. So of course, they learned what wouldn't work. And of course, they therefore then got to the conclusion of what was going to make the tallest structure as fast as possible. So you asking, hey, what do you fell at today? It's great because it's really encouraging that fell faster, learn faster. That's very cool. That's a, great, that's a great case study. What was the secret about building a tallest structure in case I ever have this challenge with spaghetti? Yeah. And <laughs> I think the secret is to go and bring some kindergartners along with you and get them. <laughs> the secret is to fail and then learn and do it again. De delegate it to some, uh, some three or four-year-olds. Yeah, yeah I'm, good at, I'm good at delegating. <laughs> okay, what else? Do we have more or where do you want to go from here? I can keep going. I can keep going. You just need to tell me how long this episode is and, uh, and then we'll, we'll need to cut when time is up. But uh, I think the next one I wanted to share was um, the idea that success leaves clues. So whilst we're talking about failing and failing faster, that's great. But if we don't have to fail at all, if we can actually go and find somebody who's already done that task or that activity or had the success that you want, go and study from them, go and learn from them. If they've already found the tried and true method, don't, don't spend months and years trial and error. Go in and ask them, how do they do it? And can they help you? And you can get yourself there faster. Um, and basically, Benazi, again, you're a prime example for this. You've mastered the marketing techniques and principles. So, you know, why, why go and try and learn them again? Just go and, go and work with basic balance and actually uh, apply what they've already known is proven to work. Oh, thank you. That's a very nice shout out. <laughs> and, and of course, I agree. You know, we always talk about how you, no matter where it's at, whether it's in marketing or, or any field that you want to get better at, learn from people who are actually walking the talk, people who are doing it, whether it's fitness, relationships, business, marketing, etc. Exactly, exactly. 
So uh, go, go and find someone else who already knows the way and just leverage that from them. Um, now, I'm just conscious that we do need to get going very soon and there's so much, I, I would just keep talking all day long on this topic, I'm very keen on it. Um, but if I was to share with you maybe one other thing on this, uh, I think it's probably around the mindset, is to make sure you've got someone in your corner who can really help you and support you. Um, someone who can, can actually listen in, understand what's happening in your business and help guide you to move you forwards. Now, why, why am I saying this? Because there's this um, idea, this concept called the law of diminishing intent, right? the law of diminishing intent. And if you don't know about this, you're really going to trip over because the idea of the law of diminishing intent, it kind of tells us that we get really motivated to go and do this task or this activity. We may have heard something amazing on this podcast episode or we may have heard something on the workshop we did and we're going to leave this call or this workshop and we're going to go ahead and we're going to do it. We're going to make it happen. Well, what happens is over a period of seven to 10 days, that level of motivation for that thing just drops. You get back to your business, you get back to your life and the energy drops, the motivation drops as emails, as phone calls and it drops. So what I find when I work with my clients, when they come and meet me every seven to 10 days, is that their motivation, it starts off very high over that period of time, it drops. but the day before they have to have this accountability call, they know they're going to come back to me and, and tell me what they've done, what they haven't done. They get so much done. They are so productive. And then of course we go again. So having that regular cadence and that regular check-in with someone who's going to help keep you accountable, someone who can help you understand what's happening and how to tweak and change your strategy because they've been there, they've done it, or they've helped other people. I think that would be the, the final key tip uh, that I would suggest. So make sure you've got someone in your corner who can help you uh, avoid the law of diminishing intent and keep taking the direction you need to go to achieve that vision. Yeah, I love that. It's so basically also accountability, which we talk a lot about. Accountability can be super, super important. Yeah. What we, what we might do is, I know that you are a fountain of wisdom and you have so much more to give. So we, we'll just do another show together. We'll, we'll block out another time and we, we'll do a second part because I know you have probably a gazillion more tips that are super useful for our listeners. So for now, thank you so much for taking the time and, and sharing your wisdom with us and our listeners. I always appreciate you and we'll have you back for part two. Entirely my pleasure. Thank you for letting me speak and I look forward to part two. <laughs> thank you so much. Thanks, Kevin. Thank you. To get more from Basic Bananas and to learn new ways to grow your business with clever marketing, visit basicbananas.com.